Hey, before we start the show, just wanted to let you know that No Inner Monologue is available on all your favorite podcast providers. And now on YouTube. Don't forget to check us out on social media at No Inner Pod on Instagram and Twitter and No Inner Monologue on Facebook. Now, enjoy the show. Previously on No Inner Monologue. I mean, uh, the book that I did a lot of my research with refers to it as the one true sport. And I believe Dwen's looked at this book. And I think you're going to want to check it out once we're both done with it. Oh, yeah, Joey, is, this involved? is there an audio book of this? No, there isn't. It's it's a comic book. Nice. Go so on. so Go there's on. <laughs> so there's there's more pictures than words. So I think is it a okay. pop up book? No, it's not. But nice. we can work something out for you. <laughs> Every five minutes, you just come in and clothesline me. <laughs> just punch you right in the face. No, that's not allowed. It's an elbow shot. Right. It's yeah. It's like forearm. a forearm hit. Right. Yeah. Right across the mouth. Yeah. yeah. From the Seven Ish Studios in Mississauga, Ontario, it's the No Inner Monologue Podcast. Try and push record. Bienvenidos al No Inner Monologue, capítulo número 82. Y aquí estoy con Joey Man Gioni y con Suel, su pareja. De partes unknown. Duen, Norona, y yo, Manuel, Luján, tu tío favorito. Espeluznante tío Manny. That sounds about right. <laughs> that does not sound right. I've never heard that word before, ever. <laughs> There's no way nobody has called you Span- in Spanish Espel- creepy. Espeluznante tío Manny. Yeah. Apparently, if you just say now, it on its own, Now, it's what, what does that translate to, Duen? Uh, the good people at Google... Say that that translates to creepy Uncle Manny. There you go. I will attest to the good people at Google. They um, their translations aren't that bad. I've used it sometimes when I'm writing like back and forth with my cousins mm-hmm. in Italy. So uh, apparently, this is the word for creepy. Horripilante. Horripilante. Yeah, it means either horrifying, creepy, grisly, eerie, lur- lurid, or hairy. Are you reading off my resume? Yes. <laughs> oh, um, man. I'm reading off the HR notes from the Philippines. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a lot Oh, there. man. Mm. So. <laughs> hey, guys. It's all three of us in a room again. I know I brought this up, but it's been... How long since we've done all this? Since oh, the three of us God. The best days of my life. Was <laughs> it's <laughs> been the best days of Dwayne's life. What the fuck are you singing? Yeah. I don't know. Also, what did you say in Spanish? But it's all Oh, I said now. welcome to No Inner Monologue, episode 82. I have Duen uh, Norona. No, sorry. I have Joe Mangione inhaling from parts unknown. Duen Norona. Is unknown not a word in Spanish? I don't know the <laughs> word unknown. Wow. Wow. He doesn't know unknown. <laughs> well, His huge. knowledge of the word unknown. <laughs> is unknown. Is unknown. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that somehow... Somehow works yes. in such an upsetting way. Tio Manny, Tito Manny, all the Mannies. Espeluznante, Tito Manny. Yeah, you'd be a worse. You'd be a heel, straight up. In life? Okay, no, you so, are a heel in so life. I've had the interesting distinction the last two weeks of doing a solo show with each of you. That's not a solo show. <laughs> <laughs> I meant not having both of you here at the same time, which was... 
an interesting uh, experience. It was fine for me, both weeks. <laughs> yeah, you weren't here for yes. the second one. I was enjoying my time in Orlando. And then you listened to the episode. By the way, I, I one of my, one of the things that killed me last week was you guys were talking about the two out of three falls matches that used to happen back in the day. Okay, now, uh, f- fill me in and, yeah. and correct me. Now, that whole thing, like regarding um, Buddy Rogers, right? Yes. It was Buddy Rogers. Yes. Um, was it because... The champion, the the guy they wanted to crown as champion of the NWA. Yeah. Did they like? Did the guys at the NWA sort of the end pull of, a fast one and just try to make it under one fall? No, I think what it was, I think what it, there used to be a lot of. I think okay. First of all, just an aside. You you guys were talking about the two out of three falls matches. Yes. And how they don't happen all the time anymore. Which killed me because I hit the night before when I was at NXT. The main event was a two out of three falls match. Was it? Yes. Okay. Sorry have, about that. They have, they have two out of three falls matches on Raw a it's, lot it's these a days. It's a thing. Okay. I, I didn't know. Uh, no, I don't. But <laughs> the whole thing with the NWA and and and, and do they still do actually it with, like title matches? Yeah. For those of you who didn't listen last week, well, that was a title match, the main event. That so we they still do it mainly, like, because I know. Raw started doing it more recently, like in the last two months. Okay, um, so they're, they're, they're bringing them back. Yeah, well, okay. So Raw of. bought them back because of this whole... Vince McMahon has this weird rule about wrestling not happening during commercial breaks. So they bought this weird, like, two out of three falls match. A first fall would happen, then the match would stop for a commercial for break, a break and then come something. back. It's, it's weird. But the main event of uh, NXT was a, was a two out of three falls match, and it was, it was kind of awesome. Because they did it differently. There was like the first match was a regular falls match. The second match was a street fight. Mm-hmm. And then the third ma- fight happened to be a cage match. So it was all those. It was a surprise cage match. That, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, no, the whole Buddy Rogers thing, for those who didn't listen, at least, is the sort of start of the whole WWE, WWF. Yeah. I, I, I know I brushed over that and I'm sorry about that. The first that champion. To all of you wrestling <laughs> fans. And I'm, I'm saying this to Dwen specifically because <laughs> I know we got a lot of shit wrong. But I tried my best. To try, whatever was I said, anyways, was correct. I tried so hard, and I'm but, sorry if I I fucked up. Yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> I think like the the whole idea was that these guys, um, the WWF or the WWWF at the time, wanted to start their own promotion, right? And so yeah. they build, you know, Buddy Rogers as their champion, and then NWA was like, no, this is the guy we want to be, and they were the more powerful of the two. So at the time, at right? At the time. Yeah, well, okay. It's funny. There was a... Well, anyways. Because they, they, I know they that decided. was a bit of a power struggle because... Yeah. Um, wasn't it that the New York Territory, which is the WWF, WWF yeah. they were the one of the, if not the strongest, in the NWA at that time. Right. So they were the only real promotion that could afford to distance themselves from the NWA. Any wrestling, any big wrestling company that you hear about these days at some point had some connection to the NWA. Like, that's just the way it was. They were just that big. It was just the beginning of wrestling. But they were strong for a long time and they still exist. The NWA still exists. um, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins owns them. What? Who? Who? Yeah. Well, if you got off your phone for a couple minutes, are you calling your wife? No, she's calling me. So Okay. Hey, welcome to the podcast, man. Pick it up. It's like you've never been. I know, eh? Pick it up. Talk Pick it to up. Talk to your wife. No, no, I'm okay. Uh, can I ask which wife it is? Oh, Jesus Christ, Joey. Is it your Filipino wife? It's 
none of the wives. Is it your I mean, it's Filipino? <laughs> it's none of the wives. <laughs> is it your Filipino girlfriend? Is it Tash? Because we haven't heard her voice in a millennia. Yeah, we heard it at the top of this episode. Yeah, but those, those, you, those don't count. And you, you, you spoke to her at your birthday, which was like a month ago. That was so long ago. That <laughs> was so long ago. Can you stop saying that you're like, you're, it wasn't that long ago. It was a while ago. It was literally a month you're ago. You're saying this because you've literally forgotten my birthday. Because you asked me what my birthday was earlier today. And I'm like, dude, we, you, you've like called me on my birthday. <laughs> you actually called me on my birthday. And wished me a happy birthday, which, thank you again. It wasn't for you. <laughs> he thought he was calling somebody else. He thought he was calling his wife. Yeah. Danica. No, yeah, Billy Corgan yeah. owns, um, Billy Corgan owns the NWA now. Really? Yes. And uh, they have, they're actually going to start a TV or start recording a TV show in the fall. Whether that come where that ends up airing, I'm not entirely sure. YouTube. Yeah, maybe you know what? And it, many wrestling promotions have started through YouTube. Would you thing. say he's he's a massive, massive wrestling fan? No, no, this I is the second I'm, promotion I'm, that he's owned. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, would you say he's trying to bring back the NWA, or has it existed in this time and sort of it's existed? Been, it's been ex- in the shadows, type of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I think at one point last week, Manuel was talking about TNA, um, Total Nonstop Wrestling, right? Which has evolved into Impact Wrestling now. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. I'm just gonna share a hilarious story about TNA. Oh no! When they first hilarious. started, when they first started off, they were like a pretty like you know like a mom and pop almost the uh, shop. Remember? And there was this one time what? Dwayne came. Yeah, Dwayne came over and they had the ultimate X match. You went to his but house, but the X fell off the top. Yeah, and they needed to re they needed to restart the match and put the X back up. So the way they they used to have so like some of the promotions we're gonna talk today. TNA, Total Nonstop Action, whatever. When they first started, they were called the NWA TNA. Right. And so they were the the they were the new uh, the National Wrestling Alliance's Total Nonstop Action television show. Did okay. you just take a picture of your dick? Yes. Gross. My phone doesn't have that kind of range, man. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have that kind of zoom. <laughs> so when they first started off, they would have these like they their sort of calling card to separate themselves from the WWE was um, they had they had these like high flyers. They had a division called the X Division, which was a bunch of cruiserweights, but you could be any weight limit and go and join it kind of thing. So they had a match because the ring was six sides. So the six-sided ring. They didn't have a, a four-sided ring. So it was kind of like... Kind, but not an octagon because that's kind. It's a, it's yeah, a, it was a hexagon. Yes. So uh, and that's taken from Fucking a Mexican geometry, a Mexican promotion called Triple R. Their their ring is uh, six sided as well. Oh, the uh, Triple R wrestles in a hexagon. Yes. See geometry. So the way the rings would work is they would ha- they'd have these matches called an X uh, an Ultimate X match, and so where where it worked was they would have on each of the posts would have a longer posts. There'd be cables going into the middle. And there would be an X in the middle or a briefcase or something. And the wrestlers had to somehow get on top and get those, get the X or the briefcase or the title belt or something. So in one of these, and if you got the X, it meant you got a title shot, so you got the briefcase, or whatever. So it's like what now the WWE does, like the money in the bank match. Or yeah. Like yeah. The title but match. imagine that though, without like a ladder. Match, without a ladder. Without a ladder. You have to get up there without a ladder. Get so Spider-Man you got like, that You got to literally jump up. 
Yeah, or, they, or climb on your opponent. Yeah, they, and that's oh, insane. Those or matches catch were great. The X when it falls. Yeah. <laughs> so the one time we watched it, the X fell down, and it just happened to be the one time we watched at Manny's house. So he'll never forget that. Well, Manny was really excited to have you at the house. <laughs> I'll get excited. He doesn't get he doesn't get many visitors. I was there for the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was at Manny's yeah. house earlier to <laughs> to. That's unfortunate. What did, we installed some plumbing fixture, didn't we? Yes, we did. And how'd you pay him, Manny, for the services that he provided you? With love. He gave me stuff, not money. Yeah, just stuff. You yeah, it barter like system. Your, it it's like. like a, Something it's like gave you a STD, Jesus. <laughs> well, maybe I was by your. Uh... You would. He, he's he's just one in a long line. Then <laughs> I feel like your Filipino wife. Oh, Jesus Christ, guys! I have. <laughs> Sorry, no, your Filipino girlfriend. Ugh, you guys are the worst. Are you cheating on your Filipino wife? I'm not cheating on anything. <laughs> They all know about they're each other. They're not even people to him. Oh, they're things now. They're wow. things. I'm they're not even no. people to him. Ugh, disgusting. You, you guys. You creepy uncle. I really am a heel. <laughs> I don't know, man. By this conversation, maybe we're the heels. Nope. You guys have been the heels for fucking 81 episodes. I'll be the How heel. How dare you? I'm happy to be a heel. <laughs> you would be a heel. though. You'd make a hell of a manager. <laughs> I'd make a hell of a manager? You would. Thank you. Like, you know, the mouth from the south? More like Mr. Fuji, only Italian. So Bruno San Martino? Who, thank you, Dwen, because I felt it was weird. Manny, what did you say about Bruno San Martino? I said he was alive and well, turns out he's dead. And didn't I ask you, are you sure he's still alive? You said he was in amazing shape. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Something did not feel right. Yeah, his heartbeat. Like, oh, I was thinking Jesse the Body Ventura. No, you weren't. I they, was. How, okay, I'm not even that big of a wrestling fan. How do you get those two guys confused? I don't know. You had a whole conversation about it, Italians and in, in wrestling. There's no way you thought Jesse the Body Ventura. I mean, I could understand if you you know mixed up Macho Man because he's of Italian heritage. Is he? Yeah. Poffo. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. He's yeah. of Italian heritage. Fair enough. You know what I thought would be a great match? Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, no. Thunder Lips versus Bonesaw. Yeah. You've seen that a I million know. times. <laughs> but like, in those like, gimmicks. It's like we've seen that like a Dude, those are times. pretty much the same gimmick. <laughs> okay. We'll move past this. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. So, so. Thank you for clearing up a few things, yes. Dwen. Anyways. <laughs> well, what? but the one thing about the NWA that's sort of important is that they were also... They also had branches outside of North America. They did they now? They did. So they had they would reach into a place like Mexico and let's talk to our resident Mexican Manny about this. No, um we <laughs> no? share a quick yeah, well yes, oh, but can I hear actually, another quick story? Um You're the worst at quick stories. But somebody who so somebody who went to Japan and had really boring stories, you seem to have a lot of exciting stories when nobody was around. So my mother in law, <laughs> as you guys know, she's from Trinidad. Yes. Um there my mother in law actually has a picture where she met Ric Flair uh when he was wrestling there in the NWA in like I'm gonna say the seventies, maybe if not earlier. Okay. Yeah. I think so the NWA it, has reached all the way out. Isn't your mother-in-law? Trinidad. But isn't your mother? Isn't the story here that your grandfather-in-law was like really close friends with Ric Flair? Well, I was gonna get to that. And yes, <laughs> no, no, I was actually. Yeah, his. So my mother-in-law's father, him and Ric Flair. Every time Ric Flair came down to Trinidad, which 
apparently was according to my mother in law at least two or two or three times a year. Woo. Uh, they would just <laughs> they would just go out drinking after when, when Flair had a match. They would just so, go out drinking afterwards. That seems like the most regular Rick Flair story I feel like, ever. I feel like <laughs> this is a story we should have asked Mona to be on. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Ric Flair goes drinking with man in other countries. Sounds very much like just a Ric Flair story. <laughs> okay, good enough. Um, but yeah, they. But, yeah. but the NWA belt was sort of the big belt, and what it what came with it was big stars like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes coming to your promotion if you were an NWA affiliate. So I think now, one thing I read, yeah. like and specifically because what. I know specifically in Mexico they did this. They actually had a weight class. Yes. Compared yes. to American wrestling. Yeah. Where it's just like almost like a free for all, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, that's why it's called Lucha Libre, freestyle wrestling. Wait, that goes against what that, he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's the opposite of what I'm saying. Oh, is it? Are you even listening? Are you I am listening. <laughs> Are <yes>. you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called free. I, well, Lucha Libre is called freestyle wrestling because of the style of it. It's, it's, yeah. Doesn't it translate to free fight? No. So what does it translate to? Libre means uh, free, yeah. and lucha means like um, fight. Fight. Yeah, but like freestyle fighting. That's, that's kinda, <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? No, you didn't. Okay, whatever. The literal trans- me hard. Who would have thought that the lightweight couldn't deal with one beer? What the fuck? This thing's hitting me harder than I thought. Fucking Peroni? Okay. And this episode's been brought to you by Peroni. Peroni, apparently. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, but uh, yeah, that's sort of the... uh, Well, if you've seen any sort of Mexican wrestling, if you've seen any of it, they're very high, you know, for the most... They have different weight classes, but they're Mm -hmm. generally like a high-flying... Acrobatic. Acrobatic style, right? Right. But, Manny, you were going to talk about some of this, and now so, you decided to just drink in the corner like a weird drunk. <laughs> like a creepy uncle. Yeah. <laughs> He's really living up to the moniker. We've given you like days. three segues to start, and you're like, go, 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 go. <laughs> this beer is hitting me really hard. <laughs> Fucking Italian beer. I've never had it before. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't no. know if I should be offended by that. No. Um. <laughs> you don't drink beer at all. So That's why. <laughs> I've actually so my family has oh, actually always baby. been like they've my family has always actually been big fans of the Mexican style of wrestling like the luchadors. Whenever my father used to and anyone used to actually watch any of the WWF stuff, they always wondered where the Mexican wrestlers are. Where are these luchadors? Oh, that's um, why Max Mini was there, buddy. Yeah, but there wasn't as many. There wasn't a par, um, such a proficient uh, presence there. Right now, what ended up Dad what ends like up happening though? What? Your dad did like Eserios. Eserios. I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> okay. Um, what about like Eddie Guerrero's dad or is it his uncle? Whole family. Yeah. The whole, all the Eddie Guerrero, like there was Dory the Guerrero. There was his dad, Gory Guerrero. Then there was Eddie. Chavo's the younger one. There's a Eddie. There was a Gory Jr., I think. And there was one more. There were three boys. Yeah. And yeah. They and now his daughter's kids. wrestling. Oh, Chavo Sr. Now his daughter's wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. She's been wrestling for a little while, yeah. Yeah. No, um, but going back to what I was saying, the Mexican wrestling style has is not only, I mean, it's not just famous you know, in Mexico, but it actually is one of the most famous ones probably all over South America. Um, and, 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 it, and a lot of other wrestling promotions have taken roots from it as well, like the Japanese wrestling style. They have a lot of the high-flying, acrobatic. Um, basically, it's it's... 
it's almost like gymnasts uh, going at each other. The, yeah. That was kind of the style of it. It was. It's meant. It's not meant for. Um, it's meant to entertain. It's meant to wow the crowd, right? I mean, as opposed to the North American style, where we're just you know big powerhouses doing their thing. This was now by big in, burly men. Big burly men coming out, <laughs> coming out all sweaty. Right, gross. But, but there was also yeah, a close your diary and continue reading. Yeah. <laughs> you took it to a gross place. I, was, I started there, but so you took I'm, it. Worse. Okay, so Manny, uh, in whichever country you're from this week, is it popular? <laughs> what style of wrestling do they have there? Uh, and well, I guess you can say you can't Costa figure out which country no, you're I from. I don't know what you want me to say, but in my my family from all of South America, they actually every time you mention wrestling. They will always bring up the Mexican wrestlers. Like my grandmother, she always brings up El Santo. Everybody and should always bring up El Santo. I was going to wear like, my El Santo mask today and I forgot. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Was, are you all right there? Yeah, I am. I just burped up quesadilla and beer. <laughs> Don't blame the beer for your unhygienic How ways. dare you blame my Pironi? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yes. Um, by no means was El Santo the first luchador to wear a mask. No. Correct. No. Right? Is that correct? I'm, okay. But, but, but wearing, was he like the most famous though? The man was the Hulk Hogan of Mexico, man. So one thing I have to stress though is that it wasn't... Now, uh, the man behind the mask, because a lot of luchadors, they wore the mask with the exceptions of the Guerreros for some yeah. more degree. But a lot of the more famous ones, they wore the mask like Mil Mascaras, El Santo, as we just mentioned. But do you know that they Dr. wore... Dr. Wagner. Yeah. They wore the mask outside of the ring. They their life was that luchador uh, personality. Yeah, they, they would have dinner like a, they would be in a million dollar suit, and they'd be wearing their mask. Right? Yeah. They would be going to a funeral. They'd be wearing mask. Most El Santo was was buried in his mask. Yeah, El Santo's only, not live and well. I actually, I actually. <laughs> that's why we have El Hijo de Santos. Yeah, El Hijo de Santos. I uh, I read Hijo a story. Hijo. El hijo, el hijo, el hijo, hijo, okay. hijo. What does that mean? Son. Ooh, yeah. This is the son of El Santos. I like it already. And that's thing. That mask thing means a lot. It is big. Okay, there's two things when it comes to masks. One, El Santo has to give his mask. Has to give the permission to let his son use the mask or whoever used the mask. So it's like it. It's it's inherited. Down. It's inherited. You, down. you can't like. And it's an insult to put so, it on. So if, like, for example, let's let's play a little game of, you know, pretend. <laughs> you are a great luchador who wears the mask. Yes. And I am, let's just say, your son. If I want to wear the mask, I have to ask your permission and you have to, have to will it down to me, yes. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is an entire, like, story about... Um, and I mean, we might link this to our Instagram if I can find it because I can't remember which wrestler this, which wrestler passed down the mask. But there is an entire like lawsuit and craziness when it comes down to Pat. One famous wrestler passed down the mask to his son, and his son basically would not give the rights of that mask to his son. Oh, he just held on to it. And he not- held on to it and then like monetized it in different ways. And really. Blah, blah, blah. So. These masks mean a lot to people. El, El, El Santo only took it off once on a talk show. Oh my and didn't God. he die like the and he next died week? The next week. Yeah. 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 But El Santo was a big deal, not just because of, like because of, he was, you know, he had started off as a bad guy. Oh, they, they call Rudo. 
in, uh, in Mexico. Okay, what are the differences? Uh, Manny, you might know this, but what are the differences between technicals and rudos? Technicals are, just like the name says, they're more technical wrestling. They're more focused on the showmanship, the wow. They're there to wow the crowd. They're not there to piss them off. The good right? guys. Yeah, the good guys. Right? Yeah. The rudos, they're there to, I mean, they are athletic as well, but they're the ones that do the more underhanded moves. Rudo. Yeah. Very. I point at you, yeah. Lujan. Now, put, I, I actually the read some, do the yeah. low blows and all that I read stuff. somewhere, though, like, though the, the Rudos are, um, you know, will do the dirty moves or whatever, but they're a lot more of a, like a, like a bash and like a, almost like a, sh- a brawler type of wrestler. They can be. Like, like the Guerrero, be, right? You, you the, consider the Guerrero's Rudos. I don't know. I would never consider Eddie Guerrero Rudo. It's always a face in my heart. But um, <laughs> I don't no, but think I think he started off as a Rudo, though. I think he was starting. Uh, he he flip flopped uh, quite a bit in his um, North American wrestling, from yeah. what I remember. Well, he was a bad anyways. guy. He was a bad guy in WCW. He was a bad guy when he came to WWE. The guy was just so damn charismatic. What is wrong with you? <laughs> just remembering one of the best promos that him and Chavo had. I don't know if um, I like when they remembering were, things. When they were going around me. ripping people off. They, they're lie, cheat, steal one. They're yeah. like, ma'am, your pool's taking on water. We have to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking awesome. That was, uh, well, that was the thing. That guy was so funny and so charismatic. They had right. gone through these, like, lie that people couldn't help but love him, you know? But I think, um, in like, I think the technical and Rudo were, like, the terms that started it all. Like, in terms of being very literal. This guy, like Manuel was saying, this guy's very technical. This guy's sort of a brawler or whatever. And then they just ended up becoming more technical as a good guy. Rudo is like, a bad guy. Like, like what I was reading, though, in terms of that, like, apparently, like, the rules in Mexican wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, stop me if I'm wrong, obviously. But what I read was that the rules in Mexican wrestling are a lot more, like, strict on that. Like, if you're a Rudo, you're, you're more likely to be a brawler. Yeah, and for whatever reason, specifically in Mexico, they loved, they loved the fact that their heroes are the much more technical wrestlers, compared to I apparently. I see that, co- but compared to Amer- North American wrestling or American wrestling in general, where sometimes the crowd will side more with a brawler as opposed to a more technical wrestler. Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. I think I think fans. I mean. In Mexico, it sounds like the fans like somebody like Manuel said, who will wow the crowd. They're there to see something they can't see on the you know every day, right? Yeah. Same with wrestling to a certain extent. North American wrestling relies a lot, and all wrestling relies a lot on charisma. Like you can be right, you can be a, like an amazing wrestler, but if you don't have the charisma, you're not gonna like go that one extra step. Ah, the Bobby oh. Lashley effect. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know what I mean. You you can be an amazing wrestler, but if you don't have that, yeah, if you don't have that certain something that hits with the crowd, right? You're not gonna be, you know, like to put it to put it over to put it on, into uh, context here or to make it relevant. Um, the wrestler Sincara, right? Yes. Uh, he came over from AAA and into WWE, and he was a big hit. Like the did the man did things that like at that time you were like what the fuck how the fuck is this how the fuck is this even possible and Sin Cara has one of the best masks ever yeah it's beautiful it's I love it I like uh, the times I've watched wrestling with you guys and I have the mask I love, I it. love it it's basically it's Sin a Cara, beautiful mask Sin Cara means no face yeah so he right. has a mask that essentially covers up his entire face has, you can't see his eyes and it's just gorgeous like the way yeah. the mask is it's just gorgeous and so WWE they bought out that character 
but he could not get over. Like, he could not cut a promo. He wasn't as charismatic. He wasn't as over as they expected him to be, like they would have in Mexico. But So he went back to AAA wrestling, but now WWE owns the character Sin Cara, so he went back to his original gimmick of Mystico. Yes. Right. Um. So he's is he still active? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's still. I, uh, go I ahead. think with I think with Sin Cara though the problem was he had moved from WWE. He had moved from Mexico to WWE, and there is a you know you're expecting this. If you can't speak English, if you can't, and he couldn't, and if you can't speak English, and if you can't like be you know talk. There's there's, I think there's there's physical there's emotional charisma and this physical charisma so there's people who have you know there's people who have it and i think this guy's strength was physical charisma he if he had had given been have had the opportunity to wrestle and everything it would have been like absolutely amazing so would like say a manager really helped him maybe maybe right but usually managers I mean, but usually managers are with bad guys yeah and if but that's the other thing too right i mean they were trying to were they trying to push him as a heel as a, as a face he was a face because Look, if a guy can pull off amazing moves, if a guy can fly in the air, he doesn't need to speak. You right. see him wrestle, you'll be like, you'll be wowed by he it. You'll want to come. Legs. You'll want to come see it. That's gross, maybe. But with the, <laughs> with, with the guy like Sinkara, he got injured very early into his his reign. Right. And so that took off a little bit of the you know it took off a little bit of the magic, and then you don't get to see that kind of style again. So you don't see that that he's not talking. It's just sometimes it's bad yeah. timing. But with a guy like El Santo, like El Santo was an amazing wrestler, but he had like that charisma. People were like enamored by him. This guy was a bad guy before. He comes back as like the saint and he comes, you know, know, he's this cool. He's like this, like he was it. Yeah, he was he was Hulk Hogan and he had like the cool look to him and he had, he would you know, you see him in a suit and he's a smart looking guy. But this dude was in movies as El Santo. He was in comic books as El Santo. He was a big deal. Yeah. And that, you know, that was the thing about Mexico. It's like your wrestlers would be larger, literally larger than life, right? They're, right? They look like superheroes. They fucking, they're all in movies. They're all yeah. in... Car- so I can see why, like, in Mexico... And it's so ingrained in their culture. The masks mean something. Mm-hmm. They mean a lot. Um, just to quickly add to that. So a lot of retirement matches or a lot of matches that, mean, like, you know, like the big match that means something, that you're putting something on the line is the, the, the mask match. Mask where, versus hair or mask versus mask. Right, matches. yeah. So what they would do is if you lose, you take off the mask. Yeah. And that's it. You don't put the mask on ever again. And then basically your wrestling career is done. You um, can either retire or you wrestle without a mask. Or you right? wrestle without a mask. So, okay. Um, a Actually, big, stop you there. Yeah. Do you guys want to take a quick, quick break to hear from yeah. our buddy? Yeah. How's it going, everyone? Jesus here, a.k.a. Tyrant Dominus the host of the Convoluted Podcast, where I get a chance to talk with people from around the world and from my own backyard about the things they love, careers they have, hobbies they enjoy, projects they're working on, and along the way, they tell us some wacky stories, and we get to play some games. Join us on the Convoluted Podcast, everywhere podcasts can be found. Y ahora regresamos otra vez. Continuamos. I guess that was the first fall. I guess so. <laughs> um, Sorry, you were saying about the mask, like wrestling without the mask or whatever. No, but okay, so there's two that things. That must be a lot easier, though. Yeah. Well, there's two things. Well, it's kind of both ways, right? If you take off the mask, now everybody knows you. I'm sure there are wrestlers in Mexico who are like, I want to go for a nice dinner and not be bothered by fans. 
I'm just going to take off my mask today and go out. Um, that might have been my phone. Yeah. We just leveled up, guys. Yeah. Um, or in, in Mexico, a really big a really big deal is the, and I can't say it in Spanish, so you might have to look this up, but it's the, I'm talking to Joe, <laughs> is the hair versus, hair versus mask matches. Or mask versus mask matches. I've read about this. this and is hair crazy. versus mask matches are huge. You have basically have a stipulation and it's you, you have long hair, I have a mask. We wrestle against each other. Whoever loses if I beat you, we have to cut you have to cut your hair. If you beat me, I have to take off my mask. And in Eddie Guerrero's book, he talks about a time when him and his partner were in Mexico. They were a tag team. And one of the guys uh, in wrestling is called a rib, but it's basically they play these pranks on people. Right. And he had long hair. And when he was asleep, somebody cut it. And he woke up and he was furious because those kind of matches in Mexico make the the wrestlers make crazy money on those kind of matches. It's a big deal to cut your head. They don't just cut it themselves. They make it, They you know, they grow it out. They have it for these matches kind of thing. And the mask thing is so important. Rey Mysterio Jr. wears a mask. Yes. It's a mask that he was gifted by his uncle, the original Rey Mysterio. Right. When Rey Mysterio wrestled in Mexico, in WCW, he fought a match in like 99, 2000, lost a mask match. So he had to take off his mask. For the last, like, if you watch any of WCW between 2000 and 2001, which is when they shut down, he had no mask. Really? When he debuted in WWE, he had the mask back on because right off the bat, they were like, that's a merchandising opportunity. WWE is very merchandise thing yeah. and they're brilliant at it. When I went to the show last would, week... Would the McMahon surprise you by <laughs> not being that? Yeah, but it would surprise me that a company like WCW would give up on an opportunity like that. But um, going back to that, but I recently read this when doing some research about Mexican wrestling is that when Ramis... So... I think Rey Mysterio came back to WWE in 2002 mm-hmm. or 2000 and yeah, 2002. So about a year after WWE. Did he, did he wrestle at all in WWE prior to that or no. did he come from like, he wrestled in Mexico. He wrestled yeah. in ECW for a while and then he moved to WCW. See, Rey Mysterio is one of those um, few Mexican wrestlers that has the charisma, right? That he has that, that he has the charisma when he talks. Right, and he also has the physical charisma that Duane was talking about. So that's what makes Rey Mysterio so big. That's what's made him so big. But it's probably because he's from San Diego. That too. <laughs> he's just a Booyaka, Mexican Booyaka, Booyaka, yeah. six one nine. But so when he before he came back to WWE, they were like, "We want you to wear the mask." Blah blah blah. So he had to go back to Mexico and get permission from like the Mexican boxing and wrestling. Association? Association to wear the mask. Really? Because it's serious because he business. Lost a, because he lost the mask he match. He lost the mask match. If you look at any Mexican wrestler's um, uh, wrestling bio in Wikipedia or whatever, those hair versus ma- mask matches, those mask versus mask matches are listed as separate special matches, almost like their title And matches. it's permanent. And it's permanent unless you are like Rey Mysterio and get the permission you know, back. Because one of the things that if I remember now, correctly... Um, there was a wrestler and he came from AAA. He was a brawler. Triple um, A. Triple A. And he no, had. Sorry, a, you mentioned Triple A a few times. What exactly is Triple A? It's the big wrestling promotion down in Mexico. You don't They're, know the name, do you? Yeah. Triple, uh, Atletico. Um, what is it again? Azteca. 
Azteco, Azteca, something like that. Association. Yeah, association. You couldn't figure out the last word. No, no, but hold on. So, um, there was a wrestler. Now it, it's there was a wrestler down there, and his name is Conan. Do you remember Conan? Conan, yes. Yeah. So like Asistencia. No, Aseria. Sorry, can you read that? You're asking him to read? Well, that was not part of my deal. <laughs> he doesn't know how to read. Asistencia, Asesoria y Administración. Now, wait a minute. What? That's the original name. Oh, okay. <laughs> the rest is in English. It's not his fault. Fair enough. Uh, so, Triple A is essentially the WWE of um, Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Yes. There's other there's other big wrestling companies in there. There's CMLL and, and a few others, but... Triple R is sort of the big one, and they even have like their WrestleMania, which is called Triple R Mania. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So they are. That's uh, Triple R awesome. No, jeez. <laughs> so they run massive shows. They run massive, massive weekly shows on TV. Uh, they have pay per views. Essentially, think of WWE in Mexico, except with a six sided ring. Right. And they have deals with other companies that have, like, bring their. They have. Um, gringo wrestlers come on funny that yeah. you mentioned gringos mm. and going back to the masks again but i actually read somewhere that the first masked wrestler may have not actually been mexican I can but an american that. but an american wrestler yeah i can believe that wrestling right. in in mexico and that happens a lot chris jericho was a, was a big time canadian wrestler uh wrestled under a mask in in in, in mexico when he wrestled there he was lionheart i believe really <laughs> yeah yeah so what were you telling us the story about Conan? Um, so Conan, in his early career in AAA, he actually had long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if you see him now, he's bald. Yeah, he's bald. And even throughout, uh, and he even appeared in a few Mexican soap operas, and he was actually bald in there. So it just doesn't, that just kind of hits the, the nail home that when they really do, you know, shave their head, they keep it. It's just, even not just for the wrestling. So he shaved his head completely. Yeah. And it just kept going on. He bit that shit. I feel like, I feel like Conan was also losing his hair. So that's so right. In other words, in other words, he, he did a mask or hair match and, and lost deliberately so he could, you know, clean himself up. Right. Yeah. Eh, Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, many, I'll never have a match or hair match, a mask or hair match with you. Never, please never lose that hair, man. You're so weird. You're the one with the hair. He's going to wear the mask. You <laughs> fucking weirdo. <laughs> that doesn't scare me as much as you think it does. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Can I borrow a mask, do I? <laughs> oh, I got a ton. <laughs> I'll post some of the masks, actually. I'll take a bit of pictures of the masks. Oh, up. do you have that photo of us from... I think it was yeah. your anniversary from last year with both of us in the mask. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to share that for. We sure. also have that photo of me, you, and him uh, in a mask as well at, at one of my special mania parties. They have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot of masks. <laughs> yeah, I, I have like, a lot of masks. I love the masks because they're all they all have like a little story to tell, and they're all so well put together that they you know there's just cool little things about each of them. Like unfortunately, you see a lot of Rey Mysterio masks everywhere and they're cool masks but they're sort Again, of oversaturated. Again, that goes back to the uh, merchandising options of the merchandising, the merchandising. WWE, right? And he's the most, I mean, truly he's now 
officially the greatest luchador, most successful, greatest luchador wrestler most, of all most time. Most well-known, right? right? He's yeah. got the most recognition. He's got the most recognition. You just wrestle for the WWE. And, like, the man is old and his hat is old. He's old for a wrestler Older. right now. And he's had so many knee surgeries. And he's back with the WWE now. And he's now. still... And he's incredible. Like, he wrestles... On he's the, still yeah. doing that high-flying stuff, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah. that, um, just recently on Raw a couple of weeks ago, he had that match with Andrade. Yeah. Now, Andrade is, what, probably, like, half his age? Yeah. Right, and they still went at it. It was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. So was I with you guys his first match back in this yeah. recent stint? Yeah, because I feel like yeah, I was came there. back at the Royal Rumble. So okay, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I remember like you guys were. I thought it was cool because I didn't realize he left. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now his son, uh, who you saw uh, like back in the day as a little kid, now he's actually in the developmental. Yeah, he's learning how to wrestle as well. He's been learning. He's been learning how to wrestle for a while. I think that was sort of part of the deal that Rey Mysterio did to come back to WWE, is to give his son a shot. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, to this note, if anybody has a chance, there's a there's a. It was on Netflix. It's not anymore. It's a thing called. There's a new net. There's another free streaming service called Tubi TV. T U B I TV, and they carry all three seasons of a thing called Lucha Underground. And Lucha, yeah, I wanted ooh, to ask I heard about, about that. So Lucha Underground is a TV show that was a sort of a sh- offshoot of Triple R wrestling. It's all in English. It's all Mexican wrestling. It's kind of it, it's kind is it of like American produced Mexican yeah, it's wrestling. Pr- it's, it, so it's produced by um, the guys who do Survivor, and it was on Robert Rodriguez's uh, TV channel called El Rey. So El Rey was like a Mexican, American Mexican uh, English channel that was created by Rob Rodriguez, who does, who did uh, Desperado and um, Sin City and stuff like that. He did all of the El Mariachi. Movies. Yeah, El Mariachi movies. So, um, yeah, Lucha Underground has that sort of. If you really want to feel that sort of vibe of Mexican wrestling, but you don't want to go through the Mex- the Spanish part of it, watch Lucha Underground. It's very TV friendly. It's very like. Um, episodic in the way it's created there's right. a there's a real like you know spirit of mexico telenovela aspect to it uh really great wrestling a lot of the wrestlers from there now have ended up on aew which was what uh, manny was talking about last week Apparently they're, like, they're like bringing back a lot of old people i think i saw an ad where they've just announced that they're gonna have what's her name jazz wrestling with them that's nwa is that NWA? NWA Jazz is Jazz just recently signed with them, I think, or maybe she's moved over to W. I'm not entirely sure. But Kong, uh, Awesome Kong, who plays who plays a character on Glow, the TV show, signed yes. with AW, AEW as Who well. Who does she play on Glow? She's the uh, welfare queen. What? Yeah. Oh shit! I never put that together. <laughs> <laughs> All I, I Kia Stevens is her name in real life. So. I've seen in um. I I've I'm I'm like a few I'm near the end of the third season Same. of Glow and it's amazing. It's awesome. I, I, like, like, I, really I like, like Chavo it. Guerrero's um, cameo in season two. Well, he's a wrestling. So back just in back Chavo to the Guerreros. Guerrero. I wanted to yeah. ask a little bit more about them because just quickly on what he's saying. Yeah, Chavo sorry. Guerrero is the wrestling coordinator on that show. Ah. So he's actually in every literally his name is in the credits of every episode Which, for the whole series. The fact and about the Guerreros because they actually have a history with Glow. Mm-hmm. The original mm-hmm. um, wrestling promotion, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, right? Because do you 
remember which Guerrero it was? I think it's I, Gore, I think it's Chavo Senior or Gory, one of the two. It wasn't Eddie, but it was. No, it? no, I I know it was not Eddie. It may have yeah. been like one of his older brothers or something yeah. like that. So it's Chavo, Chavo like Senior the, or Gory. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why the producers of Glow, the Netflix series. Well, Chavo asked the Guerreros to come in and be the wrestling coordinators because of the history with the original promotion. Well, Chavo is also just a, he's a guy who knows, who understands the business. He's got a very, 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 he's he's a third generation wrestler. He's got a very, very good mind for the business. And he's not a kind of guy who has an ego about the business. He's an excellent wrestler. He was on, you know, WWE TV losing to like a, uh, to a, to a, to a little person in Hornswoggle and he didn't care because yeah. he, he just has a great mind for it and he's one of the guys who was there initially in the Lucha Underground thing as well he was a producer on that show as well so he's got a Hollywood background and he knows how to deal with people Yeah, and you ha- and I think with Glow especially they had to be very careful because you had a lot of women who were going to be on the show who were very inexperienced and unfortunately to some aspect w- wrestling has a bad history with like Me Too and stuff like you know that Me Too movement kind of stuff like just people taking advantage right so you needed to have somebody who kind of understood that um yeah. one of the things i kind of love this 80s gimmick it was such an i i mean i've not seen chavo yet on the show so quiet okay okay um i did see carlito though and i was super happy about carlito that. was awesome um uh, if you've watched you know Glow, carlito is the guy with the big fro that's with uh you, you know what he plays her her brother, her brother right you know, you uh, know carmen's what? brother you know what Dwayne? all this talk about eddie guerrero has made me really really miss him Especially yeah. a lot of his matches. I my, love Eddie my, you know what? Just to just to fan out for a second, one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero moments was when he beat Brock Lesnar for the belt. Um, oh my god! And he reversed the F five into a DDT. So okay, explain. So an F five is sort of like you put a guy over your shoulders and then you swimming swing him around and knock him to the floor. Yeah. And uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, to correct you, it was Mondo Guerrero Mondo. who was the um coordinator for glow yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so you're saying so yeah so with the f5 as one was mentioning it is a move where you put someone on on your shoulders kind of like you were put them on a torture rack but then you swing them around um in this particular match now it was now brock was beating everybody he was just the, he was the monster that wwe created um what made this amazing was that you know okay he had eddie guerrero in this move okay it's done you were expecting it to be finished but Eddie Guerrero reversed it, and he made it look so good. A, um, Eddie Guerrero executed that move perfectly, and two, Brock sold it so well. A and two, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and Brock sold that amazingly, and it was just—it was probably one of the biggest oh, fan man. moments I had of Eddie Guerrero coming up. Then he went up, he did the frog splash at the he top won of the, the match. yeah, and then at the top of the rope, he would always do that little uh, that little dance, Jig. that yeah. little uh, oh that shoulder. Little, that man dash. was so charismatic. Was it's a shame, yeah. But one of the things, one of the things about Eddie Guerrero's career was he too. Oddly enough, we've been talking about him being like not um, the Guerrero family, not being like luchadors. But he used to wrestle in Japan under a mask, and he'd go by the name Black Tiger. Now, Black Tiger is the bad guy to Tiger Mask, and Tiger Mask is sort of this like legendary wrestler in 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 Japan in that. It's a guy in a tiger mask. <laughs> it's um, I'm not sure if it's based on an anime or if an anime was based on it, but either way, they live. And the characters of Black Black Tiger and Tiger Mask just continue. 
So after wrestlers are done with it, somebody else comes and takes it so over. So they just and hand they, it over to yeah. The and this next is not something like yeah. It, the yeah. company decides who the next person is, and it just keeps continuing and continuing. So it's like continuing. you're you're inheriting the feud. Kind of, you're in- inheriting this character. This character will never die because it's a character. It's not a. It's not a person. It's like the voice of you know, a television character or something. You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about was sort of um, was Japan Japanese wrestling, but not necessarily about Japanese wrestling. But how does one get into Japanese wrestling? You sign up. Yeah, you think that was the case. <laughs> Was it Hulkamania first in Japan? It, Hulk Hogan <laughs> was in Japan. It wasn't I first refer in to Japan. Him as Hulkamania. Yes. No, he wrestled in Japan for a while. Isn't uh, that where like that was? Wasn't that just? Was that before Thunderlips or just after Thunderlips? I think it was before. I think okay. a lot of wrestlers do, would go to Japan. A lot of wrestlers go to Japan to like um, gaijins. They're called so like white guys <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And they, they go to Japan on these, like, they would go on tours. So they'd go for, like, three months, three weeks, whatever. Go wrestle in Japan, wrestle against these guys. And re- Japan Japanese wrestling is known as, like, it's strong style. So everything's meant to look like it fucking hurts. And generally, it does. It fucking hurts. Right? You watch it... wrestling in Japan. Wrestling in Japan, one, is presented, actually, depending on where you're looking at it, but it's either presented very sports style, sports-oriented, hard-hitting style, or it's presented in a very, like, comic <laughs> yes, comical over way? the top comical way. It is just recently, um, John Moxley, right? Uh, yeah. Who I, we talked about last week, Dean he's, Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. WWE. Yeah, he was. He's wrestling in Japan, and I mentioned that he does have a sense of comedic timing, but he's also, you know, a, he also has that very the strong style of wrestling. Yeah. So there was a there was recently a clip where he went back and forth with this Japanese wrestler. I forgot his name for like a good five minutes and they were just talking about buying a DVD. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, and he ended up buying a DVD for like 5,000 yen. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. Just like, uh, they call it like 90 Canadian dollars. <laughs> well, what? there's, yeah. I mean, the, DVD Kenny, better be made of gold. <laughs> Kenny Omega, who's widely considered right now one of the best wrestlers in the world, had one of his first matches in, in Japan wrestling a blow-up doll and then another match wrestling an eight-year-old girl. An eight-year-old girl. Eight-year-old girl, yeah. He wow. lost, didn't he? He did. He lost. <laughs> but this is the thing. This is kind of how they, they sort of promote. They had, So there's this really weird, like, subculture, odd wrestling, you know, funny wrestling, whatever. And then there's the sports-oriented side of it. And New Japan Pro Wrestling is considered very much the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world currently. Um, definitely the second most popular wrestling promotion in Was the world. Was New Japan at some point... A member of the uh, NWA? N- I don't think so. I think all Japan wrestling was, and New Japan was sort of uh, broken, up, broken was like an offshoot of right. that, like the sort of you know somebody, um, Anoki, I believe, who was the sort of most popular wrestler at the time, left and started that promotion, New Japan, and New Japan's built in a really like they're so. In, they're so in love with this idea of like being career, considered as you know a, a, a sport. Right. Their logo is a lion. It says the king of sports around it. They <laughs> their belt is called the IWGP Championship, which stands for like International Wrestling Grand Prix, I think. And right. it's like and it's so like they're like this other organization. It's their belt that we're like promoting. 
except there is no IWGP. Right. They, they are the IWGP. They are the IWGP. Yeah. And it still has a lot of like Western influences to it. Like the there's a lot of gimmicks. There's a lot of like stuff, but the matches are very like very hard. The the stories are very like put together. Uh, the most famous group to come out of there, uh, come out of New Japan Pro Wrestling is a group called the Bullet Club who take a lot of their, who are basically a group of uh, non-Japanese wrestlers trying to invade mm-hmm. uh, New Japan. And their whole gimmick was like, they're a bunch of, you know, they're just going to cause ruckus and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But what I find really fascinating about New Japan is how you become a New Japan wrestler. So now, if you're a wrestler from another company or whatever, that's cool. Like you're, you know, you're allowed to come in and wrestle and stuff. But if they right. want to create your own homegrown stars, you have to do- join the New Japan Dojo. And the new there's two, there's one in Tokyo, there's one in LA. They very recently opened up the one in LA because they're trying to like become big in the States. But the one in Japan, you have to apply to become, to join it. To like become, Manny the, said. to be in the Dojo. Yeah. They will then put you through a rigorous like process and they will only choose very few wrestlers. Um, even if like wrestlers who currently wrestle in New Japan suggest so say I'm in the, in New Japan and I'm like you know what I think Joe's a good guy to be in the dojo they'll be sure but you have to apply we're not gonna go find you right so so okay it's like it's like looking for a job type of thing yeah, right so, so if like you you say hey I just talked to you know the guys over here at New Japan Wrestling yeah. And I recommended you to be a dojo. All just just go apply. Yeah, and they'll look at you. They'll look at you. Doesn't but mean there's you'll no get guarantee in. you'll get in. Yeah, but right. also, but they won't ever come to you. You have to come to them. Well, of course, right? But you know, there's some. There's no he- yeah. like in WWE. They'll have guys who go scout. They'll, they'll have scout like like an actual like yeah. a sports team or something. Yeah, if you're in New Japan, you guy. have to come to them. And this dojo it's thing, like the reverse mafia. Yeah. I don't know. No. 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 Wait, I was gonna say I was gonna agree with you, and then I realized you were talking. I'm just so used to somebody talking over here that wasn't you and agreeing with them. <laughs> so, anyway, so they basically you get in there once you're chosen. No, you're not allowed to do that. No, that's offensive. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. You owe us money now. What? Yeah, that's a rule we made when you. Yeah, you definitely here. owe me money. Yeah. Is that a finger gun? That was a finger gun and a and a wink. You son of a bitch! I'm bringing back the old gimmicks. You cannot. Oh. First of all, that's not a gimmick that was over with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so stop bringing it back. Um, I guess, it's like so the goblin gooker. You join. You join. You join the. Um, you join New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo, and when you join, you have to live in this dojo. Oh shit! Yeah. The wrestlers, there'll be like some, the, the people they choose to train you, you are is basically like a mentor. Right. When you live there, you have to perform menial tasks, cooking, cleaning. Quick, quick question. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of, stra- it sounds strangely based off of samurai culture. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's it like, is. It's, I feel like, like this whole process is sort of, well, it is in Japan, but I, I feel like they're using like the samurai culture or even... Maybe not the samurai culture, but even just like uh, ninja culture in that sense of like you're in this dojo, you stay here, you do all these other menial tasks because you're in the dojo just to sort of pitch in like whatever be in the garden or 
cleaning or cooking yeah. or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and like the 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 wrestlers who run, run amongst in other dojos, they're just called the young boys. In the New Japan wrestlers, they're called young lions because of the lion that's on the the logo of the New Japan thing, and they constantly wear black boots, black trunks, and when they show up to wrestle when they show up to wrestling shows, they're wearing like the new they're wearing these red hoodies kind of thing. They're very 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 much known. Like right off the bat, they're known. When you see them, you know who these guys are. Right. Um, a big thing with these guys is if they want to go anywhere, they have to ask permission from their teachers. Really? Yeah. So they if can't they want to leave, like, like what, do mean, have, what do you mean go anywhere? Like to another? I want to like, go to the ramen shop. Yeah. Like oh, to actually leave the the dojo they have, for the day. Yeah. Like, if you have to leave, you 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 have to have permission, and you have to be supervised by one of the senpai, which means teacher, essentially. Really? Yeah. So the whole idea is built on the idea of um, the whole idea is built on the idea of paying your dues, paying respects, being respectful to the wrestlers that came before you. And when you go to um, when you go to wrestling shows, New Japan wrestling shows, you'll always see these guys. They're like around the rings. They're covering up the rings. And what they are, their job is before they wrestle is to make sure that the crowd <laughs> that the crowd is protected from the wrestlers or that the wrestlers are protected from the crowd. Really? So there's so, sort of like sort of security. There is security, but there's right. sort of security. They're also sometimes, a lot of the times used in um, wrestling storylines where um, if a wrestler loses, they'll come out and beat the shit out of, out of these young boys. And their gimmick, uh, their thing is they're not supposed to attack back. They just take it. They just take it. So that's one of the things. Now, a big thing with the training is a lot of their uh, training revolves around safety in the ring, intense physical training, and repeating processes over and over again until simple practices are perfected. Characters, playing to the cameras, all that is way later. Ah, the wax on, wax off method. Pretty much. Um, And a lot of New Japan wrestling is based on, like, uh, attention to neck, training the neck, and training the back. Because uh, I think, Manny, you've seen that, like, New Japan wrestling, so it is so fucking hard hitting. Yeah. Recently, very very recently, there's been a lot of like stories about wrestlers hurting their necks and actually like breaking their necks and stuff. Yeah. So they're like, let's make those two the most important parts because those two are going to be the parts that are most affected. Because they also train to cradle the guys when they're doing the moves to cradle the other wrestlers' neck and to cradle their backs. Yeah. So that yeah, that that's what it is. That's what the whole um, that's what a, that's what even what a lot of luchadors do. In fact, that um. Going back to just Mexican wrestling for yeah. one second is that if you are at any point known as unsafe wrestler, you are blackballed. Yes, the, you should be. Yeah, you, you are blackballed. Like, um, just to use a quick example from WWF, remember Ahmed Johnson? Yep. Ahmed Johnson would be way hard hitting, but he wouldn't protect anyone. He would just be a fucking asshole. Yes. Right. So he got blackballed. Yep. Then you have a very safe wrestler like Bret Hart or even Kevin Owens, right? Yep. Guys like that are very, very safe wrestlers. So you fo- so you need the equivalent of those in Mexico, in Japan, so you don't injure your other guys. Because that's what it is. Because, I mean, no matter the wrestling promotion, whether it's uh, North American, Japanese, Mexican, wherever else in the world, British, right? When you are going up on the top rope and you know you have and you're doing a superplex on someone, right, or you're doing an Urken Rana, or you're even throwing them off the top of a cage, you are exp- you are in a way you're putting your health and safety in that other person's hands. Yeah. Right. So that's so exactly why that's why and then you know 
yes, you do have to toughen up, you know, those parts of the body as much yeah. as possible, right? Um, and, sorry, and I, and I think even just basic moves, like you're talking about like big high-flying moves, but basic moves even are important. You need to learn how to do those slowly and carefully, otherwise you're going to really hurt somebody or hurt yourself, right? That's what happened with my brother-in-law. Yeah. Somebody hurt him? No, he hurt himself. Um, he pulled the... Uh, a tendon in his arm because mm-hmm. um, he kept practicing the arm drag, the arm right. bar, and he just kept practicing, practicing, and I guess he fucked it up one time, yeah. and 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 the rest is history. Yeah, like so. Uh, going back about like going back to the 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 dojo, uh, Jay White, who's recently a, a, a graduate of the dojo, and he's a, I believe he's from New Zealand. Uh, he was through. He had gone through that through that thing, and he was saying he had just become a world champion recently this year. He said, being a young boy is about learning and paying your dues. Something that, if you mess up, you know about it, and that usually comes with a few thousand squats. But it's where you learn earn respect, and as everybody here has been through it themselves, the majority of time they had it harder than their day. The training is completely diff- different to anything I've ever done before. It's in- insanely intense, and when you hear about how many reps of an exercise you have got to do, it sounds impossible. It would start at 10 a.m. and on average last about three hours, sometimes longer. It's usually a mix of squats, press-ups, pull-ups, rope climbs, core work, bridging and strengthening your neck, as well as a lot of cardio-based exercises, followed by wrestling drills. Your training methods are pretty extreme, but the idea behind it is that if you're struggling here but you keep on doing it, then you'll be able to keep on going when when you get tired in a match. But if you give up during training, then you'll give up during a match. So a lot of it is like completely like doing these repetitive repetitive things. It's like the army of wrestling. Pretty much. Um, and a big thing with that, so eventually once you graduate to a step higher, they allow, oh, the another thing that the young boys they're do. not with, so young boys. Yeah. One of the things the young boys do when they're uh, also taking care of the rings and all that stuff is before the matches start, they'll help set up the ring. They'll help set up all the chairs for the wrestlers to watch, uh, for the audience to watch. And then when they're allowed to finally wrestle, they wrestle sort of the opening dark matches, so the matches that aren't televised on television. Right. And they come in, they don't come in with any gimmick. They come in with their like dark shorts, dark boots, both of them. They so you have, have to earn a gimmick. No, you don't even have to earn a gimmick. They have you come in, they have you wrestle. You you don't put in any high, crazy moves. They're all very simple. They're headlocks, they're rest holes. So it's almost like it's very Groke, uh, Roman Greco style yeah, of wrestling. Yeah, you're just learning whatever you would with. learn like your first couple of months. You're only allowed right. to show whatever you can learn Think your about first it couple this of way. wrestling. When you buy a video game and you go to the create your own wrestler, <laughs> rather than putting any effort in, you just press start. Okay? <laughs> That's what it's like. I no, but here's it. the thing. The idea behind it is all and every single young boy has the same gimmick when they start, which is these guys are extremely green and they just love wrestling. They have a super passion for wrestling. Right. So already like the crowd sort of sympathizes with them because they're like, oh, these guys are part of the dojo. They're getting, you know, they're getting their reps. They're in. getting they're their get- reps in. And if a, if a young boy ever wrestles somebody with more experience, like a gimmick wrestler, they lose. So they're jobbers, right? Right. Yeah. They're always seen as the losers. They'll lose to the eight year old girl. <laughs> now, one of the big, big, big things with being in a dojo is you go out and you do something called a foreign excursion. So New Japan Pro Wrestling will have deals with Ring of Honor Pro Wrestling or here in the States or CMLL in Mexico. And a wrestler will be sent there to wrestle, to learn how to fight, like wrestle in in a different promotion completely. One of the bigger examples about this is a guy named Naito. He's a big time wrestler in in, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. And... The guy you were talking about before, Manuel, uh, Andrade. Yeah. 
So Andrade used to wrestle in in CMML, CMLL, and he had a group over there, and Naito was part of that group. And when Naito was there, he was when Naito was in New Japan wrestling. He was a face. He was a good guy. When he went to Mexico, he had to learn how to deal with the Mexican crowd. And one of the big things that the Mexican crowd would do was they would keep screaming at him, "Open your eyes," because he's Japanese. Oh yeah. Oof. And so Naito developed this thing that he'd walk up to the wrestlers, he'd grab his eye and do that, like he'd open it like that, and I can't basically he'd basically pull his eye open all yeah. the way. Yeah, basically up. use his thumb and his index finger yeah. to spread. I his would eye. say I would say that's subtle racism, <laughs> but but he would do that to sort of like you know he became a heel in in Mexico, and then he joined Andrade in this group called um, Eyes Los, Wide Shut. Yeah, uh, Los Inibres, uh in. I always have a hard time pronouncing it, but it's L-I-J. He's joined Andrade in that group, and he came up with this thing called Tranquilo, and it would be like this, like, I don't give a fuck about anything, right? He took that gimmick back to Japan, and usually when you go on a foreign excursion, if you have learned, the whole idea is for you to learn, learn a different style of wrestling, learn to deal with different crowds, learn to try and get over with different crowds because they don't know who you are. When you come back to Mexico, if you have had a successful excursion... Mexico or Japan? Sorry, when you come back to Japan and okay. you've had a sex, uh, su- uh, successful, successful excursion... Now say cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon. Um, <laughs> when you debut back on New Japan Pro Wrestling, you will have a gimmick. You will probably get a super strong push, which is they will give you a, st- a, a storyline to make you look like a star. Right. And a lot of wrestlers come back they're so different. Like they're so the, the the difference is so jarring from when they've done one of these excursions, that the crowd is just like, oh my god! <laughs> like this guy. I saw this guy two this years guy? ago. I saw this guy like whatever. I saw this guy like um you know seven eight months ago to a year ago, and he was in black trunks and just like whatever. And he's come back now, and he's this superstar. Yeah, he purchased the you know? download yeah. material. <laughs> the current the current champion he leveled up. Yeah, yeah. the current champion Ba-ding! for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is a guy named Okada. Yeah, who had come wrestle in W in yeah. TNA, and he like had no gimmick and was kind of a it was a fail. It, the, the excursion for Kata in TNA was so bad that the relationship between New Japan Pro Wrestling and TNA was, was severed after that. Really, and he, what and happened? It was just they just put they him in a really weird. They didn't use him properly. They didn't give him the opportunity. And when he came back, he came back as this fucking monster. Like he was just this super cool, arrogant heel. And Okada always says, he goes, when I went to when I went to TNA, I didn't really learn much about wrestling, but I learned about character. And I learned what to use about character. So, you know, Okada recently became champion again. But before that, he was on a, I want to say three and a half year run as, as um, New Japan Pro Wrestling champion, like world champion. Mm-hmm. So, which is, you know, in this day and age, having a championship reign that long is Sorry, insane. Sorry, did, did he get, was he over with the crowd or no? Where? In Japan. Yes, when he came back, he was he was okay, massively, he massively was, over with he the was, crowd. He wasn't very well received at in TNA? The States. Yeah, in the States. Because the, his storyline. In his first stint. Yeah, when he went back to, T, when he went to TNA, he was basically, uh, when he went to TNA for his excursion, they used him as this weird, like, slave character kind Ooh. of thing. It wasn't racist. It wasn't necessarily racist. He was, Samoa, he was Samoa Joe's like lackey kind of yeah. thing. Oh, he was just was, used as a lackey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, you know what? Wrestling promotions do that as well. Like, um, there was a, just let me go to Mexican wrestling yeah. for one second. I mean, you, know. <laughs> you son of a I don't know, right? Um, there was a really good uh, wrestler um, in, w- he was in, he was started out in AAA, went to WCW, then went to WWF. 
uh, Juventud Guerrero. Juvi. Juvi. No, he's an arrogant little shit. Right? Yes, yes. Like you said, wrestling's the only sport yeah, designed no, no, no. to piss off no, fans. Even no, 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 no. In real life. He's, he's oh, right. was he real? Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was yeah. just his so gimmick. He, but so I'm not sure if they WWF punished him with this, but he came out with two other Mexican wrestlers, and they were known as the Mexicools, and they came out in rider lawnmowers. In fairness, though, that got, that that storyline was more. It wasn't a punishment. That was just a gimmick. He wasn't. The punishment was. He kept fucking up. Right. And uh, eventually they fired them. They didn't put them on TV. That gimmick was over. People were like into it. Uh, but, you know, it just didn't. I, I actually have one question. I can't think of his name for the life of me, but he's a relatively, I want to say newer, but he's probably not newer wrestler from Japan. Shinsuke Nakamura? I think that's who I'm talking about. Okay. Now, was he a New Japan wrestler? Yes. Okay. He was a New Japan wrestler. He is still very, you know, he was, he, they call him the king of strong style. His uh, his style was very hard hitting, very, very aggressive. Uh, but he changed his, he, he's changed it slightly from when he's come to WWE because that kind of style is very hard to like have a long career from, right? Right. And you're basically getting hit in the face and the neck and the, I will give you this. There's he's a the Japanese conceptual artist. And, 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 and sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but I just got a, a task message from a friend of ours mm-hmm. and he tells me I need to be quiet. Oh, well. That's lovely. It's, um, it's 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 uh. Is your it, is your roommate? No. Yeah. It's Josh. <laughs> Josh is a uh, my doppelganger, and he, I think he's been on the show. At Dancer Josh. It's Dancer it's Josh. Yes. Yes. It's, he's like actually Tash, on his way. If he's not he here, yet. is Tash trying quiet. to build heat with you? No, but here's it the wasn't Tash. Anyway, Josh trying to build heat. All right, hold on, man. Yeah, he's um, gonna hit you with a chair as soon as he walks to, in. Just to give you an idea of how strong how this strong style thing is, there's a wrestler in Japan named Shibata. Uh, Shibata about two years ago had a match with Okada and a, a, a big thing a big a big part of his wrestling gimmick was his finisher was the headbutt he would headbutt people like crazy ah the Zidane and then <laughs> 2006 soccer reference Okada and uh, Okada and Shibata ended up uh, the match ended up with Okada winning and then Shibata basically uh, the ambulance had to come in and take him because he headbutt Okada so hard. A, he broke his neck. B, he lost his eyesight for a month. Hold on. Oof. Who broke it? Who? who? Shibata. Shibata broke his own neck when he like headbutted um, uh, Okada. The fuck? Is he E and Honda? The, just flying he is across. A, if you look at him, he is a strong like <laughs> tank of a man. So but, he's E Honda just fucking flying no, he's with not, a head. He's not, he's not a fat guy. He's a is his second finish sort of a the, thousand hand slap? Yeah, but that is the style of re- that is the style of wrestling that I was talking about. So I'm just uh, I know we're kind of coming to the end over here. Yeah, uh, but it's I like, want to talk like about that. Do they prefer like a more ball and brash type of style? Yeah, than exactly. And that, and I think that's sort of what I mean. Wanted wanted to kind of convey with this episode was that like we just talked about Mexico, which is more of this like acrobatic, beautiful style of wrestling. Right, and then and then there's Japan that has this more like hard style of wrestling. You harder, to, like a lot more. Uh, and then losing would you to say an eight year old brutal? Yeah, uh, it would be a little sports oriented. Oh, look who whatever. it is! So, you know, to that to that regard, like if you are talking about ja- J- British wrestling or whatever, they have more of a like catch and can style, is what it's called. Right. So. If you think wrestling, you're not just thinking, uh, like, don't just think about WWE. There's other styles. There's other things. It might be something that catches your eye. 
that would I, be different, right? So just what's British, the matter? Just thinking British wrestling is just a couple of wrestlers chasing around the ring to the Benny Hill theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's every week. That's episode. sad. We can't even like reenact this with you and us. <laughs> you, you can't even run. I can't. Assholes. <laughs> it's not our fault. Yeah. Anyways, dancer Josh is here. Josh, say hi. Hello. Oh. Microphone. He looks so different without his dreads. dreads. <laughs> it wasn't dreads. It was cornrows. Cornrows. Even worse. <laughs> That's below the belt. What did I miss? Yeah. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> Manny is so confused. It's oh, great. You, you'd probably get it if you listen to the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> Manny, you want to close this up for us? Yeah, man. Do it in Spanish. Or can you do it in Japanese? No, no. Please, God. God no, that'll, no, that'll end up being a hate crime yes. at the end of this. He's already wanted over there for fucking fighting with the Airbnb guys there. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and the, yes. the, the senator in the Philippines yes. wants him uh, dead, too. Okay. Y esto concluye el capítulo número 82 de No Inner Monologue. Despidiéndonos es Duen Orona, el guapo John Mangioni y yo, Manuel, tu tío favorito. Did you say el guapo? I said el guapo. Oh, dear God. That's offensive. No, Please. it's not. I said el guapo. El know. guapo means handsome. You didn't say el guapo. <laughs> he said el guapo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He just got it. All right, let's end this. Son of a bitch. All right, we'll Don't see you next. Combo number five. <laughs>